0: We're in the midst of a series called Faith Walk. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had uh, several questions that have come in. So I just wanted to take a few minutes right at the front here to just answer a few of those questions. It's about Faith Walk, but it's also about what's going on around here. So I'll just do it in two Ps real quickly, okay? So the first is property, the P of property. What's going on with the property? What's been happening? We haven't heard much lately. And so what's taking place? So for those of you who don't know, we uh, we have 20 acres that we got on Pinecrest in 74, and uh, it's been uh, just a great joy to be able to begin to process through what that could be for us as a body. We've taken this fall, and we've been working uh, in conjunction with several other people, just getting the civil engineering done, getting some of the financing nailed down, and making sure that makes some sense with the banking and... and uh, the economy's a little rough right now, so just been real careful with that, making sure we know what's going on. Been working uh, with a local architect here uh, and just making sure that he understands where we're headed, we understand what actually works, and it's just been great to work together on that. Some great things are coming together. So as you look in the bulletin on your bottom left, it kind of gives you a summary of What's been happening and what's taking place and some things being checked off and we're just about ready to be checking off on the First phase that pre schematic phase of the architect And then getting some uh, estimates of cost. So that's kind of where we are there um, Just so you know, have you been out to the property? Has anybody seen the road? Have you like nine people? Okay, so here's a recommendation Stop by go take a look. Okay, it's pinecrest 74. You go down a couple of streets to Simran, hang a left you're going to see some road closed signs. That does mean road closed. Don't go through it. But you can actually get out and walk it if you want. Like they've already got curbs and gutters. We've got a drainage ditch in. The road is all the way out to uh, our property now. So when you get there, you can see some timber at the end of the road. That's where we're going to be at. Okay. So take a look. The road is finished. That's a neat, neat moment for us as well. Just so everybody understands that was a part of the deal and getting into this property is uh, getting that road built out as well. That's why we built it right away and and, uh, got it done this fall. So there's still some more that needs to be done on it, asphalting and all that going going forward after the winter months and all, but uh, uh, good things are happening. So just wanted to at least let you know a little bit on that. Continue to pray. We are headed for um, getting some things nailed down, and we want to be headed after stewardship campaign. And some of you are like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, when is stuff coming up on this? So here's the next piece of the answer to the property, okay? We are going to be doing a stewardship campaign in February and early March. We're going to be going hard after, hey God, what do you have in store? And how can I be a part of it? That's what we're going to be looking at, is Lord, what can my role be in what you're accomplishing here? And I'm not sure where this is taking me, but Lord, I'm willing to step out and That's where we're going in February and early March. We're going to be doing uh, kind of a a moment of commitment at the end, uh, that first week of March or second week of March there. Just kind of set your calendars for that. Be thinking, Lord, how might I be able to participate in this? All right? So the second P, that's what it brings us to, is purpose. Purpose. Some people have asked, what can my role be in it? What value do I have in it? Is there anything that I could take place or take part in with The property element and all that's going on. Here's our purpose. We want to be a body that is on fire for Jesus Christ. We want to be a beacon in this community to where people coming around this area hear that God is at work with Harvest Bible Chapel. Amen? That's where we want to be going. So, purpose first, get on fire. Like, let's get excited about who God is and what he's doing in our lives and where we can be going personally with him. Purpose, we're on fire for Jesus Christ. Contagious, passionate followers for him. And then the next step, we've actually had a couple of people even come and say, you know, hey, this building piece and I'm sure there's financial needs and how can we participate? And quite frankly, I'd like to participate before the end of the year. Is that possible? And so here's just a couple of quick answers on that. Yes, it's possible. Uh, We do carry, we've got basically a general fund and we've got a property fund. So if you want to give to the property fund, just write a memo, in the memo, in the check, just write property or building, that'll get to the right spot, okay? And uh, you can give before the end of the year, that's great, we understand. We're going to be doing the campaign in February, early March, but if you want to give now, that's fine. Uh, For those of you who have been astute, we uh, actually, back in July, was like $1.3 when we started this whole thing. And it's currently up uh, right around $1.6 So there's already been about $300,000 that has been given. And, and uh, if you want to give before year end for tax purposes or whatever, feel free. Uh, we will be doing a full body campaign in February and early March. Okay? So hopefully that answers just a few of the questions. I know there's been a lot of that kind of swirling. Uh, we are excited. We are thrilled. I'm telling you, when we sit down and we look at our four W's, worship, walk, work, and witness, And we place all the ministries around those four W's that we're going after. The things that we're currently doing. And then we start looking at what pieces of a building could be put in place to help us augment those ministries. That's what we've been doing this fall. And uh, things have been going well. We're excited about it. It's neat to see what God's doing and taking place there. Uh, Be praying for us. Good stewardship, good discernment, good wisdom. Uh, We want to make sure that this is very God-honoring in the process. All right? So that's just a quick summary. Uh, of the property and, and of our purpose Faith walk That's quite a faith walk of its own, isn't it? That's a corporate faith walk But we have a personal faith walk as well We each of us need to be running hard after him And that's where we're headed today What about when we're running hard after him? And and the answer is hang on what about when God does have a plan and he is moving and he is shaping things, but he's saying not yet Not now How can I respond in the midst of that scenario? That's where we're going today. So the ushers are coming forward. They've got bibles in their hands We're going to be turning to uh, genesis 16 Genesis 16 turn with me if you will To genesis 16 and we'll get going here If you need a bible, just raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Okay Just raise your hand and the ushers will get a Bible to you. Genesis 16. How can I respond when God's not answering in the timing I thought he would? What should I do? First, wait on the Almighty without taking any shortcuts. Wait on the Almighty without taking any shortcuts. Okay, where do we get that from? Well, we're actually going to get that from a negative lesson. Today, we're looking at Abram and Sarah, and they didn't do that. And we're basically going to watch what happens and watch what unfolds as they choose to take a shortcut and not wait. That's not what we're called to be doing. This is one of those where in parentheses, it says, and this was bad, right? All right. So let's get started. Genesis 16, one, it says, now, Sarah, Abram's wife had borne him. No children Uh, she had a female egyptian servant whose name was hagar and sarah said to abram behold now the lord has prevented me from bearing children go into my servant it may be that i shall obtain children by her sarah had no children this was hard for her I mean, it was 10 years later. We'll find that out in two verses. 10 years ago, God said, there will be a son through you. You will have nations like the multitudes. It'll be like trying to count dust. There'll be so many people in your family. And 10 years later, Sarah is doing this, right? Stomping the foot, checking the watch, whatever kind of watch you had in 4,000 BC, right? Right. This is where it's a tough moment in like, God, what is going on with this so-called promise? And Abram, are you sure you had your hearing aid turned on right? I'm not sure you heard what God really said. And right, it's tough. But more than that, just the emotional heartache of being a wife, but not a mom and wanting that with all she had. She was hungry for family. That's a hard situation. You know, um, John and I, when we first got married, we got married a little late. Uh, I was 29, she was 26. I don't know, late's the wrong word. We got married at just the right time, <laughs> but I was older. And uh, 29 and 26, and, you know, we were wrestling through uh, timing on things and how long it would be until, and we'd heard the whole honeymoon stage thing, right? It lasts about two years, and so we're going to enjoy life together, and we're going to travel together, and, and that worked for about, yeah, two weeks, I don't know, six months. We got, we, we got through it pretty well for a while, and then, you know, we're sitting in a small group of young adults, no kids, it was named that, we were proud of that at the time right? we were the young adult, no kid group. And that slowly started dropping. And the announcement kept coming. Pray for us. We just found out we're pregnant. Pray for us. We just found out we're pregnant. Pray for us. We just found out we're pregnant. And I will never forget the last one that announced, because after she announced, Jonna stood up and went to the washroom and sobbed and hurt and wept. And a friend went with her and spent a little time with her And uh, we had a talk afterwards about, all right, maybe the two and a half year plan just isn't going to go. Maybe we do need to be speeding that up. So we started talking through things about the mothering instinct and the nurturing. How come I don't feel this, but you feel this? And we decided maybe it was the mothering instinct. And so what we decided was in the near term, we would get a puppy. Okay, when someone wants to have a baby and you get a puppy, do you know what you end up with? a puppy and a baby. (laughs) So that's where we ended up eventually. God answered prayer, and we ended up having a a child, and Megan was uh, just a great blessing to us. I'm telling you, the angst of those first couple years was big on just wrestling with timing, and what does God have, and are we going to have children at all, and is this yellow lab really the answer, and all that stuff. And that's where Sarah was wrestling. Is yeah, we have servants and we have people and and they have kids and they have kids and kids and kids and there's family Everywhere and where's my kid? That's where hagar's at. Can you feel it? She's hurting deeply So She had a female egyptian servant whose name was hagar And sarah said to abram behold now Listen to this very carefully the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. What in the world was she thinking about? Well, one thing we need to know is that culture at that time, this was actually kind of a common practice. In the Egyptian area, uh, all around that Middle Eastern area, the practice was if you as the matriarch could not have children, at least you could grab a servant Make them have a kid with your husband. It's at least partial child there, right? And then he could adopt that child in, and that child now becomes yours. Okay? That was kind of the common practice. Think of that for a moment. So all of a sudden, this slave woman is forced, and she's having a baby, and it's her baby. And the baby's being called his and hers, not his and yours. Think of the social angst you're creating in the midst of this. The hurt that you're creating in the midst of this, right? And it's the world's answer. God's answer was, hang on. I've got a promise for you and it's coming. There is going to be an unbelievable joy as you have a son. Sarah's answer was, oh, I've seen the world's answer. It's good enough. Let's try that way. And so she offers this up to Abram. And Abram, you just learned last week, right? Pastor Kent was preaching on... He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Our man of faith, standing in the gap, right? Old Testament or new, we are saved by faith, right? This grace-saving opportunity of faith. And Abraham, he wasn't saved by works. He was saved by faith, And this huge believing man is presented with this horrible worldly answer of go and take Hagar. Maybe you can have a kid with her. And at the end of verse 2, it says, And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Nice move. Right? Right? This is one of those where he should have stood in the gap and said, hang on, hon. The very voice of the Almighty has spoken. I have heard God move. And he has said, you are going to have a son. Sarah comes along and says, have it with her. And he says, well, okay. That's the answer of our patriarch, of Abram. Standing in the gap with faith. Absolutely no ability to hang on and wait. Sadly, he just moves ahead. Yes, it had been 10 years, but he took matters into his own hands. It says, and she, notice it says, and she gave her, Hagar, to Abram, her husband, as a wife. This is really important. Scripture captures very carefully that Sarah was culpable. She was part of the plan. She was part of the decision. She could not stand to wait any longer, and she put some heat on, and she made the situation occur. And then Abram blindly, dumbly followed. This really mirrors that Genesis 1 account, doesn't it, of Adam and Eve? We have to be really, really careful when we lead our families, guys. This is really important. Make sure you are measuring not what brings the least amount of grief today, but What honors God? Where are we headed? We have to be very careful in that. This is not a blow off what anybody says around you and do what you want either. This is a listen carefully to the very words of God and to the wise counsel of those around you. And help the hurting through their hurt. Not just reduce the amount of complaining. Verse 4. And he went into hagar and she conceived Great So now she's had a kid And when she saw that she had conceived she looked with contempt on her mistress Have you ever noticed that when you're below in a situation? You just kind of sit there and you kind of take it and you have this sort of tolerance of things going on and then all of a sudden She is now really in essence the matriarch of all She has the child of abram within her and now she's capable Of bearing children and you're not god must be judging you and I certainly am now I've got contempt for you and she begins to look down on she might even be resenting the fact that she was called to that position And looking with contempt because of that Hagar Begins to respond very unbiblically herself Wow, what a great soap opera, huh? It's blowing up Everything is going wrong here Next Not only did she have contempt on her mistress, but now sarah has a response A response that we have to understand by getting our arms around in this way Have you ever noticed of yourself? That when you get involved with doing things That maybe you shouldn't be a part of things that are wrong in action or wrong in behavior, they're wrong in thinking, they're wrong in attitude. And as you start participating in that, if you haven't actually confessed that before the Lord and said, please forgive me, if you continue down that path of I've done it and I'm gonna keep here, you start getting this sort of self not so happy moment. And instead of turning it inward and saying, well, you ding dong, you shouldn't have done that. What we start doing is going, well, there's a ding dong. Hey, and there's another ding dong. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, we love to start pointing out, this person's got problems, and, and that person's got problems, and this person's coming up short, and they're wrong, and they're wrong, and they're wrong, and we're all wrong, and now I'm not feeling so bad anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this just me? Okay, so join me in this, all right? This is what it works like. We start blaming ourselves, but we can't handle it, So we start turning it to others. Notice what Sarah does here. It says, And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. She kind of says, Hey, let me deliver you something. You're in charge around here. Your fault. Okay? And I'm just stepping off, Mr. Patriarch. Mr. God's talking to me and giving me a message. Nice move. She's ticked at me now. You made the decision. You did this to me. And Abram's standing there going, but I thought it's recorded in scripture that you gave her to me, right? <laughs> right? I mean, this is one of those, you've got to be kidding me. How can I be standing alone on this When Guys, here's the answer. He is standing before God, responsible for that decision. And we do stand before God, responsible for leading our families. And we will answer for that, no matter what kind of pressure we took. So heads up, we've got some responsibility. And we better own up early, because owning up late is pretty messy. We've got Abram being called to task by a woman who really doesn't want to look at her own stuff. Notice she says, may the Lord judge between you and me. God does, and he says, guilty, guilty. Okay? Both wrong. But Abram, holding you accountable for this family, step in. Sarah, step under. Right? We've got some responsibilities going on. Notice what it says in verse 6. Abram said to Sarah, Behold, which means check it out. Your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Oh, nice move. Okay. So Abram is really saying this. Hey, baby, you're my wife. And and, 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 and she's not. Okay? And so I'm calling you wife, I'm calling her servant. You deal with her however you want. And I gotta tell you, in that respect, nice move. He's reflecting on, you are my wife, and nothing stops that. That's where we need to be, guys, right next to our wife in the midst of it. Unfortunately, it says right after it, then Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar, and Hagar fled from her. Uh, Now he went wrong. So he is saying, you're my wife, she's the servant. But then what he says is, hands off, do whatever you want. I'm not going to get involved in this thing. So I got involved. I created this thing. Now I'm just going to step back and say, do whatever you want to fix it. And Can you feel it? This is what it looks like to not wait and try to get involved yourself, to take shortcuts and to try to create along the way your view of God's answer rather than God's answer in his time. It's a mess. We get hurt people. We get confused moments. We're not sure if we should step in or step out. We don't know which way to turn because in the end, we're taking charge and we're not God, and we've created quite the little mess. That's where Abram sits right now, in one world of a mess. Did you know that waiting is a skill that we can develop? It was a skill that they didn't really develop very well, did they? Did they? Uh, No. Three steps to waiting on God. Three steps to waiting on God. Number one, seek his counsel. Seek his counsel, godly counsel. Well, how do I go about doing that? You know, if we go backwards into some of our prior messages, breathe. It's confession of your sin, exhaling. And inhaling in the promises of who he is. Breathe spiritually. Get in alignment and relationship with him. That's how we seek his counsel. But more than that, once you've breathed, be still. Remember the word literally in the Hebrew means drop your arms. Stop the fighting. If we're seeking his counsel, we don't come in demanding and pushing. We come in saying, Lord, show me what you have. My hands are down. And then we get excited. Breathe and be still and then bring your need. Pray. Breathe and be still and bring your need. That's seeking counsel. Okay? That's just the first step. Second step. Here's the doozy. Let God work. Let God work. You know, if it requires others to change or if it requires circumstances to change, odds are you aren't to be doing anything. You may need to have a timely word of challenge or something like that. But remember, if somebody else's heart needs to adjust, you're not the author of heart change. God is. So when somebody else needs to change or when some circumstance needs to change, we need to be in hands-off mode. We can be involved with a little bit of challenge here and there, right? We've got Galatians 6.1 and the idea of challenging gently and patiently. And Matthew 18 of stepping in where sin is going on, where we can challenge them with what needs to be adjusted. But remember, we can only own our peace, which is that little weigh-in. The changing is their work. And usually, that's where we mess up. Usually, we start to control them. We start to say things in a way that traps them or we start to threaten them Or we start to position our relationship as such that if they don't get it right in this way and that way if you don't do exactly then I'll sting you And we're really ending up saying you better be afraid of me Let god work Be very careful I'm telling you We're dealing with a world of hurt and a lot of relationships that we're going through as we counsel right now and let god work is a monster one. This is a major, a major in your life. We need to be figuring out how to let him work on lives and let him work on your own life. All too often, we're all the way back at blame shift game, trying to figure out where everybody else needs to fix their stuff and we can help them out and we're not working on our own stuff. Let God work. And then third, step out faithfully. Step out faithfully. Where you need to work on some things, work on them. Where you need to have God working with you step there Go hardcore after what God can do in your life You're going to be amazed at how he can use you as a model For what he wants done As he brings you to your knees And as he brings change in your life So the three steps seek his counsel let God work and step out faithfully That's what waiting looks like Well, what did abram and sarah do? Well, they sought his counsel They got some awesome promises, didn't they? And then after they sought his counsel, well, they kind of got tired of letting him work. I mean, it had been 10 years for crying out loud, right? And so they took matters into their own hands and they began to control the circumstances. That's where it all went wrong. Waiting. That's tough stuff. I mean, there's built up expectation. There's hope. There's, it makes me think of deer hunting. I had to find a way to get it in this week, right? <laughs> so last week was deer season, and uh, we went out, my family and I, we do this big family deer hunt up in Northwest Illinois every year for shotgun season, and, and uh, it, it was good. We had a great time up there, uh, a little different than normal. Um, my daughter uh, is now in high school, not homeschooling, so we end up not being able to go up on Friday. So uh, Saturday morning, 4 a.m., we're in the car cruising it up to Northwest Illinois, Get up there about 7:15, 7:30. Uh, get on the radios and catch my dad and uncle and hook up with them. And uh, we get out, set up in the timber right then. And uh, as we sit down, I put her in the primo spot, like right in the middle, ravine below her. Deer running through there all the time. Like you've got the spot, baby. Okay. And then I go all the way up to the north end because that's not the spot. And my scent should carry down through. The wind was blowing in a direction where that should stop them and turn them around. So I'm up there. Okay. My dad and my cousin, three hills over, they go up, get into their position, and I get run over by deer. I have an eight-point and a six-point buck. I'm serious. I shot in self-defense, okay? (laughs) So I got a nice eight-point buck out of it. It was like 40 minutes into the hunt. We drive three hours. We're in there for 40 minutes. Deer's down. I'm like, okay, I'm done, you know? So... It was nice. Uh, My daughter did see some deer. She got them close. Didn't get a shot. It was a little bit of a bummer. Let me tell you something. You want to talk about a story of waiting, an expectation for a year, and then what that looks like and feels like as you're there, and you're hunting, and you're sensing, and you're seeing others get deer, and you're seeing deer, and you're not getting a shot, and that's hard stuff. Some of you are like, not for me. I just enjoy the woods, Right. But I'm telling you, if you've been been deer hunting for a while, it's one of those tough moments. Megan had a a hard weekend. And uh, for whatever reason, God chose to have me only wait 30 minutes this year. I guess maybe I've got waiting issues. And he's like, I'm not blowing you up this time. I don't know. So it was a nice weekend. We had a great time. We got some deer out of it. A lot of fun waiting. All year long, we waited for that one weekend. Uh, That's not even 10 years. And it was for a deer hunt. That's not for a family. There was some hard stuff going on in Abram and Sarah's life. How about you? Where are you at? What are you wrestling with? What's got you hurting as you are waiting and you're not seeing God move the way you thought you'd see him move? What are you struggling with? Are you ready to hand it over to him? That's the question. As we look at what waiting is, are you ready to seek biblical counsel, godly counsel? Lord, what do you want done? Are you ready to let God work when it comes to others' hearts and other circumstances? And are you ready to let him fully take control of your life when it comes to you changing? What does that look like for you? It's really important we walk out of here today ready to do something about this I'm telling you each of us has I got our moments of what we're waiting for and the things we're hoping for and longing for the stuff that's hurting as it's not coming to fruition and Lay it into his lap and wait on him patiently with all you've got So first wait Do not take a shortcut It's gonna hurt it's going to hurt if you take the shortcut. The James McDonald statement, right? If you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. we have got to be very careful. Lock yourself into following after him with all you've got. Second, remain under the circumstances that God allows. Remain under the circumstances that God allows. Okay. Start in verse 7 here. It says, The angel of the Lord... Found her by a spring of water. That's Hagar. Found Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? So we have the angel of the Lord. When you see this phrase, angel of the Lord, it can mean a couple of different things, okay? It might mean an angel sent by the Lord, right? A messenger sent by God. Kind of a very literal read. But there's another thing that it can mean when we see the angel of the Lord It can often mean the very presence of the Almighty God showing visibly To someone at a specific place and time Well, how do you know if it's an angel or God himself? The way you know is by the claims made The way you know is by the statements taken If you check this out you look down a little bit further there into verse 10 It says, the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. I am going to increase your nations. Not like a messenger from God. God's going to do this. I'm just here letting you know, but I am going to do this. This is the very presence of God Almighty in Hagar's life. This is what they would call a theophany. Theo, God, and Phanet, like this idea of his presence right there. God's visible presence. A Theophany. And Hagar gets to be blown away by meeting him face to face. The angel of the Lord steps up. Notice in verse 8, he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? Two questions, from and to. That's what I got for you. From and to. Her answers. She says, well, from my mistress, Sarah, and to, uh, well, I'm fleeing. I don't know where to. I'm just out of here. Right? Like, I'm gone. I ran. That's where I'm at. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. You've got to be kidding me. She's threatening my life. I'm pregnant. They're trying to take my kid away from me. Do you understand what they're doing to me? I don't think you get it yet. This is hard stuff. I don't think I should have to remain under this. Return and submit. The angel of the Lord also said to her, and then he gave a list of promises. He says, I will multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude like you are going to have massive numbers of family Don't worry about it. You're going to live and you're going to have a big family But more than that and the angel of the lord said to her behold you are pregnant and you shall bear a son You're not going to lose this son's life You're going to have a son You shall call his name Ishmael like God hears That's what it means Because the Lord has listened to your affliction. Verse 12. He shall be a wild donkey of a man. Still not sure if that's a compliment. Right? He's this stubborn, confident, wilderness living, tough dude. A wild donkey of a man. All right. His hand is against everyone and everyone's hand is against him. And he shall dwell over against all the kinsmen. This man is going to have a tough life. But he's going to live. And there are going to be lots and lots of kinsmen. There's a lot going on here about remaining under. Hey, Mark, can you do me a favor? Come here for a sec. What does it mean to return and submit? Why don't you stand right over here at this first row? I selected somebody who was a wild donkey of a man. No. I have no idea what that word means, so I'm sure it's complimentary though. All right? All right? All right. So, what in the world does it mean to return and submit? Are you ready? Sure. Yeah, I picked somebody who could handle this. Get ready. Bend a little. All right, here we go. All Go. All right. All right. So, what we have, you... we didn't plan this, so that was very good though. All right. This is called submission. This is called remaining under. This is life for her. I'm the problem. This is Hagar. Yeah. And this is life for us as we remain under. As we sit here and say, Lord, how long? Right? That's what he's saying right now. Right? Okay. Thanks, man. Really? How long? And the next time you're in that problem situation, you can think of Mark. (laughs) And the problem just seems to sit there on your back as you hang on and wait and watch God work. Puts it in perspective a little bit, right? The idea of sitting under and letting God work means we are taking a grueling, tough, painful experience and hanging on legs shaking heart challenged life questioned god what are you doing that's when we hang on most a faith walk it is about the lord in charge it is about god moving in our lives. Maybe another way to say it is it's a partnership with the Almighty as He leads us to where He has planned. Lord, how can I do this with Your strength? Listen to Isaiah chapter 40 as we close here. It says in verse 28, Have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? and not faint. Wait upon the Lord. He gives strength. Check out what Hagar says. Verse 13. So Hagar called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are God of the seeing. Why? For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. The Almighty One, the Transcendent One, the One who is greater than all beings for all time, exists for all eternity, and I have Him looking after me. That is our God. Amen? That is our Almighty Savior, that we can wait upon Him and be lifted up and renewed like never before. Look what else she says. Therefore, the well where she was at Shall be called Be'er Lahai In other words, the well of the living one who sees me. Our God is the living one. He is the one who sees what's going on in your life. He is right here with us. He is right here with you. What are you going through? You're going through it together. That's what he's saying that was hagar's recognition What an amazing god we have that we can look to him and say you see my hurt and you're here with me I can wait upon you. I can look to you. You will give me the strength I need to wait for your plan Wow That's our god. Amen And that's the hope we have I love this the passage closes with this statement And hagar bore abram a son and abram called the name of his son whom hagar bore ishmael Like was said abram was 86 years old when hagar bore ishmael To abram in other words and it went just as god said Right, that's the answer and the promise that was given came true I want you to know that you even go forward into genesis 17 verse 18 and you see abram thinking so highly of ishmael that so amazed by this son of his that when god says truly there will be an answer of a son (laughs) through your wife sarah he says right through ishmael literally that's what he says right through ishmael He, he he doesn't even get it yet That he's taken a shortcut that's going to cost him a long period of time. May we constantly grip onto God's plan. Not our plan. May we hold on to his hope. Not our hope. His promise. Not our promise. He is the God who sees. He is the everlasting God. And if we wait upon him. We will have strength like never before. I couldn't believe that I could stand in the midst of this trial, but I waited upon my Almighty God and he refilled and renewed like never before. Amen. That's a faith walk in the midst of tough times. Let's pray.